Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a CBS Sports podcast. I am Mike Casaza. all by myself here on Christmas Eve. Or a couple days before. You don't know. You know what else you didn't know? That this was coming down your chimney today. I will share with you selections of the interview we conducted with new West Virginia Athletic Director Rem Baker earlier this month. If you are a subscriber to the site. Well first, let me pause and say thank you. A historic year for us at Earsports. One unlike any other before it. And just me the way I'm wired. We'll say this again next year. And the year after. It's the ever-changing landscape of online sports journalism, right? Speaking of ever-changing landscapes, that's what the Mountaineers sought to prepare for when they did hire Baker from North Texas. In getting to know Baker in news conferences and now the sit-down setting with him, you find a guy who's ambitious, accomplished, great track record, great vision for the future. And a long list of stories produced so far by a simple conversation with him. His thoughts on a range of topics about WVU, his job, college sports in general. Again and again, people wondered, hey, I like reading what this guy has to say. Can I see the interview? Can I hear the interview? And we'll do that now. Kind of. Not all of it. Some crosstalk between this has been edited out. The part where we share our cell phone numbers with one another. The part where we kind of have some domestic anecdotes that make one another laugh. We cut that out. I can't can't burn him, right? Can't breach that trust we're trying to establish. Otherwise, questions, answers, and right now an apology for the audio. It's a Zoom he and I did. I did not have my good microphone plugged in. The audio quality is not crystal clear, perfect. My voice is not boom like it does right now. But you'll get the gist of me getting through a question, him rattling off the answer. And this is what we took from that conversation and turned into words on a screen. But it all starts somewhere, and it starts with a Q&A back and forth between an interrogator and a subject. So no matter where you are, where you're going, who you're with, relax for a bit. Enjoy. Eavesdrop on this conversation between Rem Baker and me. And from me to you, happy holidays, and thanks again for making this a great year at Earsports.com. I think a lot of people could watch what happened and be very suspicious about the timing of everything. And, um, you know, the cart and the horse, so to speak, have to go in a certain order. Like you said, the train station, right? Um, athletic director before coach. I understand they didn't make a change of head coach here. Certainly the the logic can be explained to me. That's fine. Um, was that was that undecided? Was that up in the air? I know that there were conversations back and forth, but listening to Gordon and you talk about it, it seemed like that it was a conversation and that the best case from the candidates and maybe from the person that they ultimately picked was – Stick with it, evaluate it for a year, and then if you have to make a decision later, 
fine. If you don't, fine. But right now, try to make it work. Yeah, um, I think President Gee really wanted not just from who he ended up hiring, but from all the candidates to hear their perspective of what that looks like. Um, and he, I know he was talking to a lot of other people in the industry as well. As you know, there's probably nobody with a deeper Rolodex than than he has doing this as long as he has. Um, and so, you know, I, I talked about all the different scenarios and options in, in the process and how I would be thinking about those. Um, but I fully supported um, the decision that, that was made. And I do think it gives gives me a chance to come in and, and make my own assessment. I mean, you can't make that assessment in a day or even a week, you know, like. Um, and so it, it does give you a chance to come in and, and um, get a better feel for it. Um, and uh and and really be able to to lock arms and do everything you can to help um coach brown and his staff and um, i'm not making any assumptions that anything was broke or anything was there's a disconnect or there's anything you know but obviously we've, we've got to get to a place where um we're winning more football games and um you know i think president gee's comment got taken a little bit out of context uh, the other day just because he said a whole bunch of things before that um and that were like that were talked about expectations and you know and and that kind of stuff um i i think his intent and what he said was five and seven is not good enough for anybody including coach brown but we're still proud of the of the kids and the team and the way that they battled and didn't quit and got some good wins down the stretch and and you know won at oklahoma state beat oklahoma um and um you know i, I think you can be disappointed in the in the final result and also be really proud of the way that the uh, the kids can competed and battled and the way that the coaches continued to coach them hard uh, down the stretch and so um I think that's probably um, the message he was trying to convey, although, you know, some people ran with it a little different way, and I understand that. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited. I got a lot of respect for Coach Brown, um, have followed his team since he was at Troy, um, you know, didn't don't didn't know him personally. We do have a lot of mutual friends and, and that kind of stuff. But um, I think he's a great man, great person. I think he's doing a lot of good things. We all understand that uh, that scoreboard metrics, needs to get better. I mean, you know, nobody's, nobody's hiding from that. Everybody understands that. And so that's what we're going to go to work to try and make sure that we do. On the topic of expectations, I don't know that there's probably a more like debated thing about what a program can be, should be. There's realities people don't want to consider or even settle on too. As you get to know here is what, what would the expectation for football be? Not next year. I'm not pinning you to that one, but like overall, is it win totals? Is it competing X amount of years for the conference championship? Is it some other matrix that you have that again, very early, I know, but I would think that that's probably part of your fact finding now too. It's like reasonably, where can the bar be here on a regular basis? Yeah, I, I think um, we've got to be a team that factors into the, to the conference uh, championship um, uh, routinely. Uh, that doesn't mean every single year you're going to be there. You're going to have some years where um, you have a catastrophic injury that really, you know, uh, messes you up or, or a, a rash of injuries. Um, you know, you have a call or two that goes your way or doesn't go your way. Uh, but I think um, I, I would say this isn't just about football. I think uh, that WVU is set up um, and has the fan support and and resources and recruiting pool to be able to to be competitive in the big 12 and if you're competitive in the big 12 then that puts you nationally relevant right and so um 
you know, that's been the goal everywhere that I've ever been. Uh, and, and that certainly, um, that certainly is going to be the goal, um, when I get there. And mm -hmm. so, um, there's a lot of steps you got to take to get there. You got to figure out, um, where, where are we best? And it could vary from sport to sport, but where's our best recruiting footprint? How, how can we get better there, but yet, uh, improve some areas where maybe that ought to be more fertile for us than they, than they have been. Um, that could be as, as simple as how you assemble a staff and what their recruiting footprint is. It could be that we need to do some targeted advertising or we need to really uh, try to build alumni uh, a presence, you know, in those areas and host more events or do more caravans or do, uh, you know, SEO based marketing, whatever it is to, to make sure that we're getting out the message about all the great things that, that we provide. Um, and then once we get them here, we got, they, they got to know that, um, we're, we are, we're having a great experience. And, you know, even with the coaching change right now, North Texas um, doesn't have anybody in the portal. We might be the only program in the country. We don't have anybody in the portal right now. Um, and I think, you know, that says something about um, the, the, the way that our student athletes feel like we treat them here. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so uh, now, just because somebody may have somebody in the portal doesn't mean that they're not treating them great too, right? Mm -hmm. Every situation is unique, but I do, I do feel like um, if you treat student athletes the right way, you got a much better chance to retain them. Understanding catastrophic injuries, weather, who knows, right? It's hard to predict. So I'm not saying a number again, but what would be an expectation for Neil in his upcoming season? Yeah, I have never put a, a, a win total expectation. Unfair. Um, yeah, I think it's unfair, you know, because if you you could throw a total out there and you could win that many games and still feel like you need to go a different direction. Um, you could put throw a win total out there and finish one game uh, less and feel like, hey, we're, we're really headed in the right direction here. Um, so it really will be, uh, you know, when I get in there with coach, uh, a 360 assessment of how, how we feel like things are going and it'll be an ongoing assessment. And I'll probably spend um, an inordinate amount of time around football and with football, um, not at the expense of other programs, but, but certainly, um, you know, uh, a lot of time with him, but it won't be trying to, um, it'll really be trying to support the program. And, and uh, you know, I don't view, uh, I don't view this as Coach Brown as our program for one year and let's evaluate. I see this as Coach Brown is our head coach and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that he's successful. Um, and so that's kind of the approach. I don't think you can – I don't think it's fair to anybody in the program to go in thinking, oh, we're, this is a one-year deal and we'll just see – um, you know, where, where it's at. I think it, I think this is more, um, I'm going to come in. Um, I got a lot of respect for him. I know he's done a lot of things the right way. I know that people respect him. I know that, uh, he's, he's built relationships in the community. I know his players respect him. They didn't quit on him this year. So, so what can we do to get that on the field result that, that we all expect and we, and we know that that has to happen and let's go to work and get that done. Um, if the time comes where we where we feel like that's not happening, you know, no matter when that is, five years from now, you know, then then we'll deal with that then. But but in the meantime, it it really is trying to assess with him uh, every aspect of the program to make sure that uh, that we're aligned and doing things uh, that will allow us to be successful.
Um, I don't have to tell you, but like the the buyout number in his contract was very contentious with a lot of people. Um, have you looked at his contract yet? And is there any way of addressing it and changing things? Because as you said, it's not just an next year thing. I think it's four years left too. So it's not like he's up for an extension or anything like that. But I also know that athletic directors, they can really vary on their contractual preferences. And maybe like that's a ground floor thing for someone like you where this is my coach. Let's make sure it's my contract too. Um, any, yeah. any thoughts about visiting it, amending it, changing it, tricking the bio, adding years, anything that you might do to amend it or tailor to your liking? Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. And I, I know the, the, the big picture terms of the contract, but not all of the, the details and every contract is different. Some are, are offset. Some are not. Some you pay out monthly over a period of time. Some are lump sum in 90 days, you know, so all of those have different, um, you know, different tentacles. And, uh, but, but I'll definitely spend some time diving into all of our head coach contracts, including uh, coach Brown's uh, when I get there. Um, but I, I think rather than going into it saying, Hey, I, I, I'm, I have an agenda to amend this contract um, because you know, that that's, going to be a, a tricky uh, situation. You can imagine if, if your employer come to you and wants to amend your agreement, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not happening. That, if, if you have a contract, that's, you know, that, that's a different thing. And so, um, but I think it, it will come down to uh, coach Brown and I sitting down and saying, well, we need to make this program better and uh, having a lot of conversations about a lot of ways that we can accomplish that. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're, you gave a great answer on your first day about the thorough assessment. And I think a lot of people think of it as just the head coach. And it's not. It's the whole program in which the head coach serves as the figurehead. I get that. Um, and you mentioned obstacles to overcome, um, resources to procure, resources to provide. Those are all great answers, I think. But it's like specifically there from your, your initial conversations and your just knowledge of, of football in general. Um, what do you think is important for a program to have and maybe for West Virginia to add as far as overcoming and then resources uh, availability? Yeah. Um, I think the general fan who hasn't been inside a program would be shocked at the amount of inner workings that there really is. It's like a giant car engine. 
and it has to work together, but there's a lot of different things that can go wrong and sabotage it performing at, at the level that you need it to perform. Sure. So, you know, let's look at something like video coordinator. That seems to probably somebody who's not in the weeds. That's a, that seems fairly benign. Um, I, I don't even know yet uh, who, who ours is at, uh, at West Virginia, but if you have a good experienced one, um, they're worth their weight in gold because that takes a lot of pressure off the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator and cutting up those films mm -hmm. and being able to, to drop all the different plays in the different buckets. And it saves a ton of time for the coaches when they get ready to do the scouting and, you know, they're not having to, to do all of that. Um, back when, when I coached, uh, uh, basketball, um, you know, we, we would record all the games on VCR tapes and then you would have to go in there and splice, uh, one VCR tape to another and record the, to create a, uh, yeah. a video so that you could show a play to your team and how you were going to guard it. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, they're doing that when a game is going on, there's video staff back in real time, dropping mm -hmm. that in the bucket so that it's already loaded on the coaches, iPads or, or their laptops or whatever after the game and they can start evaluating those plays and be, and be ready to go the next day to, to, to show the team where we, what we did right and what we did wrong. So that's just one example. And you could just go through like the nutritionist and, and are they aligned with, with the cooks and the training table and um, you know, are how are they with uh, the strength and conditioning? Cause a student athlete, you know, whether they need to gain weight or lose weight or build lean muscle mass or what, all of those things interact. And so it really is, you know, do we have all of, do we have high quality people in all those positions? Uh, do we have a communication plan set up where they're all talking and on the same page and aligned? Um, and you can just go on and on. You're talking about an organization with over a hundred players and, you know, um, I haven't counted them all up there, but I'm going to guess we've got 50 full-time people touching the football program, maybe more, maybe a hundred, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you add in trainers and strength coaches and, um, so it takes a while to have a thorough assessment of, of all of those different things. Um, even just academics in and of itself, you know, what is our access to tutors? Um, you know, how is the university with excused, uh, absences when you have student athletes, uh, on the road, um, how are our learning specialists with people who may have a disability or, or have, you know, some kind of issue? So all of those things feed in together. And so when you when somebody says, hey, we have to do an assessment and make sure that we're we're providing all the resources and eliminating hurdles. That really is a simple thing to say, but a very complex evaluation that'll take place over days and even weeks um, on board in there just to make sure um, a coming in with a fresh set of eyes. That's an advantage to me. Right. I mean, I. Tell you all the time if you uh, are moving a chair in your house and you and you bang up your wall, you're going to notice it the first day. You're going to say, "Man, I need to fix that." Mm -hmm. You're going to notice it the first week, but a couple three weeks later, you're going to walk back and you're not even going to see it because you've been desensitized to it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going through that now. My my house is going to go on the market here pretty soon, and I'm I'm having to to uh, go back and and uh, look at things and trying to look at it from the way a prospective buyer would look at it. And so that's an advantage to me coming in uh, that, hey, I'm seeing things for the first time, able to ask questions, um, able to make sure that uh, that 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 I'm challenging people. Are we set up the right way? Are we organized the right way? Do we have the right people reporting to who they should report to? Um, and are those communication channels open to, to make sure that 
from a total development experience from the time we recruit them to the time we start to help them develop as players and people academically that everybody is on the same page of the hymnal and, and understands what the goal is. Your um, external relations in North Texas seem to be really successful. Um, I probably spent a lot of time on that too, but it just seemed like the one, you know, the donors and the fan experience in particular were kind of triumphed for what you guys were trying to do there. And I don't know what the what the comparison is, but here's a, a state that doesn't have a pro team. It really thinks it has this one college too, right? Which it's an FBS power five program. So that's, that's fair for sure. Um, can it be like a big state, small community kind of thing? If that makes sense where you guys can position yeah. to like bring a lot of people in and make this feel like it's their thing, even though they may be hundreds of miles away or hours away. Yeah, uh, it's been a huge focus of ours, and we we have to be great here in fan experience mm-hmm. because there's so much competition. Um, okay. You know, in this metroplex, um, you have us, uh, you have SMU, you have TCU, you have the Cowboys, you have the Rangers, you have the Stars, then you have the G League team, uh, the uh, Legends, mm-hmm. Texas Legends. You have all kinds of semi-pro uh teams that are in in the metroplex and so um it's really hard to uh to get fans uh to come and to keep fans and so um that game experience piece is has been critical and so even when i got here the very first i got here right before football season mm-hmm. and there'd been a lot of complaints about the about the game um atmosphere and environment and the first thing i did was go to the most prominent entrance and i shook every hand that come in and handed people a a little business card with a survey to fill out um Mm -hmm. and then we've gotten to where we used to do that once a year now we've gotten where we send a survey out after every game um because like people forget and we want people in real time if they had a bad experience with something whether that was getting into their parking spot or um not being able to download their tickets or, you know, long lines at the concession or restroom, uh, restroom was out of towels, seat was loose, come, was coming un, unbolted, um, you know, whatever that may be, um, they forget about it over time. And, uh, and so we actually send out a survey and we don't get near as many responses as we did. When we did it once a year, but we get real time responses. Mm-hmm. And so it's very helpful. Um, so it has been, a a, a, a a point of uh, emphasis for us and it's certainly something I'll want to do there. The other thing that we, we spend a lot of time on here is the student experience. I think a lot of times you take students for granted. So for us, um, you know, we're, we're going to average generally uh, mid twenties in attendance. Um, And uh, our student attendance is about eight of that 8,000. We have a huge student body. And so, um, they are a big part of, uh, of our fan experience today, but they're also going to be the season ticket holders and donors of the future. And so we spend a lot of time targeting them for surveys, for, um, we have concessions that are just built and targeted for students, um, you know, and, and, uh, really trying to make sure that the tailgate experience for them is nice and easy, the, that they can do concerts that they can, um, you know, in fact, we, they're having such a good time out there. Sometimes it's hard to get them to come in. Uh, but, uh, you know, but, but that's a big, a big part of what we do too. I don't think you take the students for granted. Um, yeah, you guys were building a tailgating lot in the master plan, right? Yes. I don't know. Um, okay. 
Yeah. And we have a great tailgate space now, but um, that, that will be a second kind of premium uh, space and um, probably be one of the next projects that we do. Um, and, uh, it, and it's really built where there's green space so that every, uh, every parking spot has a place for a tent and there's some electric run. There's going to be restrooms built out there, a big central, uh, courtyard area where, uh, you could do concerts or games or, or that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it, that, that's been a huge part of, um, as we built out our master plan of, of trying to create ways for, for fans to be able to have a good time. Right, you know, you want the team to win, but win, yeah. lose, or draw, where people come and have a blast. Yeah, uh, small sports too, especially that, like the minor league baseball here in town. Um, it's the baseball is like the other part of the experience. It's the concessions, yeah. the stuff like that too. So I can get that too. Um, no Bon Eric. We've done creative things. You know, I mentioned it. Um, so uh, uh, starting way back, uh, the uh, Von Eriks, uh, the the wrestling family, all went to school here, and then Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin also went to school. He played football here, actually. Right. And, uh, and so like we had a, a big wrestling event, most of the, of the wrestling was post, uh, post the football game, but we actually had two rings, uh, set up and one of the rings was in, in the corner of the stadium. Uh, um, and, uh, we had a match at halftime and, um, you know, and so, um, you know, that was something that maybe doesn't work everywhere, but it really, uh, it really resonated here. And we actually did a separate code for the wrestling, but the wrestling ticket, it, it, got you into the football game. I think there was about 5,000 people here that bought on the wrestling code. And so we could pencil that and ROI it. And we knew that it broke even, even made a little money. And then it, it, we got national attention for it. We had a huge crowd. We won the football game, which that always helps. And then uh, everybody stayed and, and, and got to watch the, watch the wrestling afterwards. So that was, that was an awesome uh, opportunity. Just a couple more here and we can go. Um, just personal stuff here. Do you have a for football or basketball for assistant coaches? For a while here, they've had to really like commit two years to get people on the campus and make sure they want to take the job instead of somewhere else. But it's a power five now. It's a bit different. Uh, Huggins has certainly made basketball very legitimate too for some time. Uh, is that an AD thing or is that an institution thing, you think, for assistant coach contracts? In the power five, most are getting multi-year deals, especially when they first onboard, um, you know, and, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I think part of that is agent leverage. I mean, it just adds to the, to the, to the tab sometimes when you got to make a change. Um, but the reality is um, just like NIL is, even if you don't like necessarily like the rules of engagement, there's a certain amount of that space you have to play in because this is a competitive environment. And, um, you know, so uh, I do think uh, that multi-year contracts, we don't do a lot of them for assistance at North Texas because it's not the standard, um, you know, in the, in the group of five. Right. Um, and because most of the time, if you're given a multi-year commitment, then there's a buyout if you leave. And in the group of five, most people are hoping to have a chance to go coach in the power five, you know? And so right. um, they don't want to make that commitment. So you, they're not asking you to make that commitment. Um, so it's, it's probably a little bit different from that, uh, that aspect, but um, yeah, I, I think, I don't think that's an institutional thing. I think that's probably just a competitive thing. Uh, if you want to get the best talent, um, you mm -hmm. know, just like you or I would want, you know, you want a certain amount of, of uh, financial security. And if someone's offering that and another school isn't, um, then you're going to probably pick the one that is giving you that security. Okay. Final one. Um, as an athletic director, what do you think about just the state of coaching contracts now where the guarantees, the enormous buyouts that 
you know, there, there, there are ideas that maybe the model could be more incentive-based where it comes to extensions or making more money. Um, this is very much a blank slate question, so you can have a blank slate answer here too. But how how does it, how would it look in your mind if you if you were in charge of an athletic department, right? Which, hey, you are. But what, what would be like maybe more toward the normal or an ideal for what it should be instead of this, the moon is coming closer and closer to us now. Yeah, I know. I definitely think um, in a perfect world, we would uh, do more incentive-based contracts and um, less that are promising millions, if not tens of millions of dollars uh, to somebody that's not contingent at all upon performance. Um, but again, you know, that comes down a little bit to that competitive environment. So, you know, nobody, um, generally nobody uh, gives those contracts to somebody who's either not new or, or who isn't winning, right? Like you don't usually give huge extensions to coaches who aren't having success or who aren't in demand. Um, you know, if you're not in danger of losing. And so I think it's, and it's not just ADs that make those decisions. There's general counsels, there's, there's regents or trustees, depending on your institution. Um, there's certainly presidents weigh in on contracts of that magnitude. I mean, the university at most places can't enter into any seven figure contract without board approval. So there's a lot of people that lay eyes on that. Um, and it's you really are just in a competitive environment where um, if someone else is willing to do that for your coach and you want to keep your coach, um, you have a choice to make, mm. you know, and um, and so it, it and the coach has a choice to make. And so I do think there is, has been a trend of being over aggressive uh, in, 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 you know, in some different institutions across the country. Um, you know, we've tried really hard to not do that at North Texas. Um, when we do uh, do a, a contract like that, we try to make sure it's one that if we had to to buy out, um, it it's one a offset, and then b um, that uh, is paid out over months where we can maybe budget it and and not have that same issue. But um, you know, I, I don't sit here and say, well, this is my philosophy on it because I also acknowledge that. Every situation is unique and different, um, and you have to make real-time judgment calls in a in a highly competitive environment. Sometimes, when you're talking about, um, you know, when you're talking about coaching uh, co coaching acquisitions, and so uh, I think most coaches probably feel like what they're guaranteed and what they're paid is is uh, is beyond what would be uh, you know fair, but. <laughs> the market dictates that. Like yeah. if I could wave a magic wand and and we could get out of and this wouldn't be an antitrust problem, I think we'd all put a cap on those things. Mm -hmm. um, um, but unfortunately, uh, I don't they have not given me that magic wand. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that that's that's where we are today. So I know that's a little bit of a non answer to, to a question, but it, it's you know, it really is time score situation of that particular coach in that particular moment and you got to make the best decision you can hello everyone it's michael richards here you might have seen me on cbs working on their champions league coverage over the last couple of years i wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that i've been working on it's called the rest is football it's me alongside gary lineker and alan shearer two absolute legends of the game the show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.